episode three of the SFCBL Triple Play podcast after week number two of the South Florida Collegiate League season. It's my pleasure to be joined in the podcasting studio by Lexi Castrillion and Jack Mazgi. Lexi, how are we doing? Absolutely fantastic. I can't believe it's only week two. I feel like I've been watching baseball for the last month. I mean, it's just been so crazy and the amount of talent we've been seeing just out the gate, insane. Yeah, I'm feeling great. I mean, second week in, and we just had our first rain out the other day, so now it's basically an official season in it is South Florida baseball. officially summer but ball. Yeah, like you said, Lexi, uh, these guys are really starting to get into the groove of things, and we've been seeing some better baseball over the past week. Pretty crazy to think that even though it's week two, it's only been 10 days since opening night at the time we're recording this, which is bonkers to think about. Yeah, that is mind-boggling. So much baseball, so little time. <laughs> A ton of baseball to get over. We've had a lot of really good performances out of individuals and a lot of teams that are starting to heat up and light up in the standings. Um, on this episode of the podcast, we will have two interviews for you with our Pitcher of the Week and Player of the Week. The Pitcher of the Week this week, Nick Del Prado, by way of Florida Atlantic University, playing for the West Boca Snappers this season, and the Player of the Week from Richmond University and now in, excuse me, the University of Richmond, yes. now in the transfer portal, Jordan Shulafand from the Palm Beach Extreme. Just wrapped up with those interviews. Really excited to bring those to you. Jack, after three weeks of, or excuse me, after two weeks of baseball, what's been your initial impression? I know you and I, it's both our first summer in collegiate baseball. What, what have you taken away thus far? Uh, one thing that I definitely took, took away from this second week is that a lot more than usual, these kids are really starting to get competitive. And although it's summer league and these kids are just playing around, some of these guys like the Extreme or the Lightning or the Barracudas, they're they're starting to headhunt for those snappers and they're starting to get really competitive, which is good for the fans, good for the players, good for everyone. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't say I didn't see this coming, but snappers are hot. But like you said, there's a lot of teams that are keeping up with them more so than I have seen in the past. So it's shaping up to be a very interesting uh, chase for that ring this year. And it's only week two, so it's only going to get better from here. Absolutely, Lexi. And we will have, for the first ever time on the SFCBL Triple Play podcast, a fastest two minutes recap, <laughs> which will be very exciting. We'll see if we can do it in one take. I hope we can. But uh, it's a little uh, questionable. We might. We might. A lot of we games might. to go over there. You'll hear it in one take, I'll tell you that. <laughs> yeah, if you're listening to this, it'll certainly sound like it's in one take. But, you know, just like you said, a lot of teams chasing the snappers, going for that four-peat this season, uh, and taking a look at the standings in the North Division, it's pretty packed at the top. The Phipps Park Barracudas are tied with the Delray Beach Lightning in first place. Uh, the Cudas are 5-4, and four, the Lightning 6-5. and five. Uh, followed by the Diamond Ducks, the Bucks, and the Boca Raton Blazers sitting at four and eight. So the Blazers are not hot, contrary to popular belief. Yikes. Um, and then looking at the South Division, a little bit more competition. The Palm Beach Extreme, um, where Jordan Shulafan hails from, nine and two to start off the SFCBL season. Yeah, that is something that I have never seen before. I mean, you ask anybody who's been in this league longer than this season, I mean... It is a surprise to see the extreme fighting and playing as hard as they are. Yeah, playing under a guy like Doug Jennings, World Series champion. They got that championship mentality, and it shows as they lead the West Boca Snappers 
by a game and a half. The Snappers at six and two, followed by the Fort Lauderdale Knights, the Pompano Beach Clippers, and the Florida Pokers. And, you know, some of these teams playing around 10 games, almost a fourth of the way through the season. Almost. Almost. Yeah. I mean, it's right now, it, it is still early in the season, so it's anyone's game, but this extreme team is looking a little scary I mean if I'm in the south division I'm a I'm looking and seeing what they're doing and what I can kind of glean from that and I don't know apply something to to stop that bleeding moving forward yeah it's uh it's really interesting to me like you said Doug Jennings team he's gonna bring him to the top one way or another but it's really interesting to see a team at nine and two early in the year that's not the snappers it I think it really adds a good um variable to the league and how the season's gonna go from here on out yeah, absolutely. I mean, we've seen the snappers dominate for the last three years, so seeing some new blood up in the standings, is it's a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, I will say one of those wins for the extreme is a Mickey Mouse win, and we'll talk about it in the fastest <laughs> two minutes. But our first rain out in 10 days was yesterday after three innings of a scheduled seven-inning doubleheader. So they got a win for that, and yeah. it certainly counts on the on the standings, but I don't know. Three yeah, innings. I mean, and it's it's a little tough to call that. Um, I mean, rainouts in this league, it's kind of iffy. It depends on, you know, how many games or innings have been played, who's leading, what, you know, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like you said, it might be a little bit of a Mickey Mouse win, but hey, it still counts as a win in the standings. Yeah. Every, every win counts. And especially when you're trying to enter the playoffs hot, I mean, it's just a number, right? So when at the end of the year, if you look at your number and it's, one more win, say it's that 39 to 40. It's it's a it's a mental boost for these guys going into the postseason. Definitely. All right, so without further ado, let's recap the week. And here is take number two for the fastest two minutes. Cue the music. All right, Monday, June 7th, the beginning of week two, we saw an absolute Molly whopping at Santa Lucia's where the Pompano Beach Clippers got off to a hot start to their week, 19-3 over the Fort Lauderdale Knights. From Joe Russo, the Diamond Ducks took down the Barracudas, 14-7. And in another blowout game on Monday, the West Boca Snappers took down the Boca Raton Blazers, 16-3 after seven innings. Heading into Tuesday, the action keeps up. We have the Delray Beach Lightning beating the Palm Beach Diamond Ducks 10-7 at Joe Russo Field. Next, we go down to Little Fenway where the Phipps Park Barracudas overtake the Boca Raton Blazers 8-4. And we finish up in Sable Pines Park where the hot Palm Beach Extreme take down the Fort Lauderdale Knights 4-3. Extreme or hot? We got Wednesday, June 9th. Whole lot of games. We got Boca Raton Blazers losing losing 2-8 to eight to the Delray Beach Lightning. Next, we have West Boca Snappers taking out the Clippers 10-6. And we have the Boca Raton Blazers apparently starting to heat up early in the week. 6-2 over the Diamond Ducks. And last but not least, we have a late comeback from the Boynton Beach Buccaneers, but not enough as the Palm Beach Extreme walk it off in the 9th, win 8-7. Thursday, June 10th, two blowouts. The Delray Beach Lightning 14-3 over the Florida Pokers in 8 innings and from Little Fenway the Fort Lauderdale Knights spoil the Boca Raton Blazers at home by a final score of 10 to 2. 
Heading down to Friday night, we have the Boca Raton Blazers overcoming the Palm Beach Extreme. Uh-oh, it's an upset. The Blazers win 2-1. to one. Then we go to Highlands Christian. The Pompano Beach Clippers take down the Barracudas 11-7. to seven. Finally, we move over to the Palm Beach Diamond Ducks beating the, Bo- the Boynton Beach Buccaneers 5-4. to four. And we end things Friday night down in Little Fenway where the West Boca Snappers take down the Delray Beach Lightning for the game of the week 9-4. to four. June 12th, Saturday, full slate of doubleheaders, 9-2 Extreme. 5-4 Clippers, 4-3 Bucks, 3-2 Bucks, 5-3 Extreme, 4-1 Diamond Ducks, 8-6 Snappers, and 8-7 Barracudas. My God, that's a lot of games. Last but not least, we have our Sunday doubleheader brought to you by Ryan Magic. Three home runs on the day, back, 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 gone. Three times back to back to back. Palm Beach Extreme take out the Buccaneers 6-2 and then win a close rain delay, 3-1. And with 16 seconds to spare, our second take of the fastest two minutes. And guys, let's give ourselves a little round of applause, shall we? Absolutely love to see it. So that was great. Um, Yeah, so let's bring it back down. We're we're doing the wrap-up. Everyone take a deep breath. Got a little hopped up there on the adrenaline. So... Let's go back to what we talked about last week. Um, we said there were a lot of blowouts in the first weekend of games. Still had our fair share of blowouts this past week, but it looks like the pitching is coming into their own a little bit. We see a lot of guys touching mid-90s, a lot of guys really taking control of the strike zone. Lexi, what have you seen out of the pitching? And you know, Do you think these games are going to start to become even closer as the season goes on? I mean, I would hope so. I mean, we've seen some extremely high-scoring baseball games early in the season, and I, like I said before, I mean, I think it just takes a little bit of time for these pitchers to come in and settle down. But like our commissioner said, there's nothing like pitching in this league. I mean, and Schulfand, you guys will hear it in a minute in our interview, I mean, the pitching is insane. They're facing, especially the younger guys that are coming from JUCOs, facing these D1 kids that they're giving them stuff they've never seen before. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, it was going to be my lukewarm take, but (laughs) we all spoiled a little bit. You're going to hear it in the interview. Lukewarm take of the week is that you will see Jordan Shulafan get his first start of the year this week. On the mound? Yeah, absolutely. On the mound. I think he's had uh, one inning of work with two strikeouts, and I think that is... I think that his coach is going to trust him a little more here and uh, let him go on the bump for to start one of these games this week. Jack, I believe you made a comparison to uh, Shohei Otani with Jordan Schulfand. <laughs> uh, the kid is batting five sixty three, eight stolen bases, three RBIs, including that that deep yak from him the other day. And I mean, if he starts pitching well and continues to get some strikeout numbers, I I think we could be looking at a Shohei of the SFCBL. <laughs> we love two way guys down here in the SFCBL, and Schulfand looks like. He is someone that could do that for us. Only joining the extreme on Tuesday. So with six days to earn player of the week honors, he does just that. And, you know, we've already talked about him. Let's just head into our interview. Here is our conversation from the SFCBL studio with Jordan Schulafand. It is our pleasure to now be joined by the player of the week for week two in the SFCBL, Jordan Schulafand. Jordan, thanks so much for coming in and taking the time to do this with us. Of course, it's a great opportunity to be in here with you guys. I'm really happy I can make it, and uh, yeah, it's just an honor to be here. So, Player of the Week honors, uh, beat out your teammate in a Sunday phenomenal performance that we'll talk about a little later in this podcast, but you had a week that you can be pretty proud of as well. Nine hits, three RBIs, eight stolen bases, 
and you're hitting 563 for the Palm Beach Extreme. Just real quick, you know, off the jump, what did you see out of the Extreme this week, and how did you feel personally, um, offensively? Yeah, well, I was actually very impressed with the team. You know, I have not been able to be in this league uh, my entire time in college baseball, so it was really interesting to kind of get down here and play in South Florida and be kind of where I'm from, and that's kind of why I came here, so be able to play at home. I was I was away the last three summers, and uh, – just wanted to be at home, and so it was really exciting to be here and be able to meet all the new guys, and um, and be a part of this team. I really like Coach Brian and Coach Doug, Coach Coach Doug Jennings, and uh, you know it's been an honor to be a part of this team so far. And I think it's been really exciting and fun to win. You know, we I think we're six and two or, or something around that number, and uh, it's been fun to be a part of a winning team. And yeah, I think you know I just when I got here on Tuesday, um, I just was very simple and just wanted to put the ball in play and and have fun and and then obviously it translated to some pretty good numbers for me but you know I think that's attributed to coach Brian allowing me to kind of have the green light on the bases and kind of just be able to you know lay down a bun for a hit or or try and drive someone in when the opportunity presents itself. Yeah, I didn't even realize you just got down here on Tuesday. So one less day than everyone else had to earn player of the week honors and you got it done in 6 days. Uh, like you said, you know, from around the area, what really led you to come down and play in the SFCBL this season? Yeah, I mean, I was in the Coastal Plains my sophomore summer, then I was in the Northwoods last summer, and, you know, I've just been away for a long time, and I kind of was, you know, ready to come home and, and be able to train down here, but also being able to play baseball down here and kind of get reps, but also have my home and my facility to train at. I thought that was the best opportunity for me, um, and that alone was the deciding factor for me, and obviously Coach Jennings was wanted me to play for him, so it kind of worked out perfectly for me. So I had a question about Doug Jennings. I mean, what's it like working under him, former world champion? I mean, that's huge. Has he, like, what kind of information have you been able to glean from him working under him? Yeah, so I actually known him since I've been uh, in high school. I did a couple um, hitting sessions with him when I was, I think, eighth grade and then ninth grade. So I've known him for a little bit of time. And then, yeah, he's just, he's very knowledgeable. I've, I have, I've had the opportunity to pick his brain a little bit, just about kind of hitting and, and knowledge of baseball and kind of, you know, what to do and what not to do in certain situations. So yeah, it's pretty awesome to be able to learn from him. And, and, you know, he's, he's, he's a guy I look up to just because that's where I want to be at one point. So he's a, he's a great guy. Definitely. Um, and then I have a question about team chemistry. I mean, this is, I know this is your first year, but Right now we're seeing the extreme. It's like a completely different team than from past years. How is the chemistry like? Are guys clicking? I mean, what's it like off the field? Yeah, I mean, I so I wasn't able to be there for practice. And then as soon as I got there on Tuesday, I flew in Monday night. I was on a trip with my friends. Uh, and I got in on Monday night. And when I got there on Tuesday, everyone kind of welcomed me with open arms. And everyone was really nice. And, and they just were excited for me to be there. And so it, that kind of translated into everyone just getting along well and, and – uh, wanting to win you know it's you see a lot of summer teams I've been on a lot my time that they kind of just want to play and and do their thing and get stats or whatever but this guy this group of guys wants to win these coaches want to win and that's why I'm excited that I'm here you know I don't want to be on a team that just wants to play and leave they want to win I think that's why we have such good chemistries because everyone wants to win yeah, I mean, you guys have looked great so far. It's been a pleasure watching you, and like I said, it's a completely different group this year. The product just looks so different, and it's been a pleasure to watch. Yeah, I mean, since you've been down here on Tuesday, only one loss uh, to the team. You have a 
4-3 win over the Knights, 8-7 over the Bucks. Lost a close one to the Blazers, 9-2 to the Lightning, 5-3 to the Lightning, 6-2 against the Bucks, and 3-1 against the Bucks. So I don't know if you're the reason that they just have gone on a tear recently, but you've really come down here, and like you said, you've hit the ground literally running your first game against the Knights. You had three stolen bases. What's your mentality when you're on base? Um, you know, not only are you getting it done in the batter's box, but you're also getting it done on the base paths. Yeah, I mean, once I'm on, I feel as if, you know, I look at Coach Brian and and he kind of gives me a, a number as to what the pitcher is to home. And once I know that number, it kind of puts me in an opportunity because I know what I am from first to second. Um, then I know if, if I get a good jump, I'll be safe or not. And a lot of the times the pitchers have been over a 1-3 to home. So I, I knew that I felt as if if I got a good jump, I'd be safe. So kind of my mentality is I want to be aggressive. I want to get in scoring position as soon as possible. And uh and, yeah, you know, I don't want to give too much of my uh, um, things that I like to do on the bases just so that if other teams are listening, you know, they don't uh, they don't start picking me off as quickly. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So I'll go. So, you know, you're going into your senior season, if I'm not mistaken, yeah. at the University of Richmond. You're someone who also balances. You're a two-sport athlete. You play a little bit of football, if I understand correctly. Yeah. How do you uh, go about balancing all the things you have going on as a student, as an athlete, and, you know, playing a role on two important teams at a Division One institution? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I would attribute it to my mom. She's always been really, um, like, had me very focused and determined on school and making sure that that's always first. And I think that that's really been the big for me to be able to get my degree in finance because University of Richmond was a great business school. and uh, And being able to have school first in a lot of aspects is because of her. You know, she's made sure that I was a very good student before I did, you know, sports and made sure I finished my homework when I was younger and stuff like that. So, you know, I think I would attribute that to her to be able to, you know, handle all of that. And then kind of the sporting side is my dad, you know, he's always been there for me with sports and making sure that I'm prepared as, as well as possible and, uh, and stuff like that. So, yeah, I mean, I'm actually transfer, I'm in the transfer portal. So I'm actually leaving Richmond. Um, I'm going to make that decision probably at the end of next week as to what school I'm going to transfer to. But, um, yeah. So we kind of glossed over the fact a little bit that you're a two-sport athlete. I mean, you play, you're what, you're a backup quarterback at yeah. Richmond. Yeah. So can you talk to me a little about that, how you kind of fell into that and what that's like playing two sports at the same school and just how you balance it and work forward with that? Yeah, so actually after my junior year, I stopped playing football because the, after when COVID happened, it – kind of the season was canceled. Um, I played one season and the next season was canceled. So that was, that finished last year for me. But um, yeah, I played football at high school. I, I had the opportunity. I was first team all state in, in Florida here and I was pretty cool uh, having that honor. And then uh, I had offers from a lot of schools to do both and then some to just do baseball. And I wanted to make sure I could do both. But uh, with coach Woodson in Richmond, he didn't want me to play immediately. Um, and I kind of understood I wanted to make sure that I had a chance to earn a spot on the baseball right. team because baseball is really my number one sport. So I needed to earn a spot first, and then I could go try and play football. And So that's kind of what happened. Do you plan on playing football um, at your next school also or just I'm focusing done. on baseball? Yeah, Yeah, I'm done. I'm, I'm hoping I can play professional baseball, and I can't risk you know getting hurt. Definitely. Um, so I, I, I had to hang up the cleats. Understandable. Sucked. Yeah, it yeah. Sucked, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, just going off that, you know, we I, I didn't know you were in the portal coming into this, but 
for schools that are looking at you, I'm sure they already know, but for the listeners at home, you know, what's a school going to get out of you with how many years of eligibility? One? One year of eligibility, so it's your final year, your last shot in collegiate baseball. What's a school going to get out of you when you step on campus? I think that the stats that I've kind of put so far is is what I want schools to know that they're going to get from me. They're going to get someone that's going to hit for average, that's going to steal bases, and that's going to show some power, um, and that can pitch as well. You know, I, I want people to know that I can do, I can help in any any capacity, whether it's as a pitcher or as a hitter, and um, I can I can give you some solid defense as well. So you know, that's kind of what I want schools to see. I, I felt like I've, it was kind of was a perfect storm for me. You know, we won. And I performed well, and I got to show, you know, what I was able to do. And that's hopefully what I can do for this next school I go to, you know, kind of put these numbers together for the first week of the year. But, um, yeah, they're going to get someone that works really hard. And that I don't think anyone on the team will outwork me no matter where I go because, like, I, I always say to myself, I only have one shot at this, especially now I've won last, one last season. So I don't really see anyone working harder than me. Absolutely, and I'm sure that's what coaches are looking for. I mean – you know, a lot of coaches will say, and it's kind of an old adage when you look at high school sports, and you probably didn't fall into this category. You sound like you were a pretty good athlete in high school. But, you know, when there's a junior going out for the team, you say, are you going to take a chance on this junior who's decent, or are you going to take a younger guy who you can you can develop? But, you know, someone like you in the transfer portal, it's kind of a whole different storm because you've proven what you can do, and now schools are obviously reaching out with interest and offering you and you know, they're going to get a grinder, and I'm sure they really are excited about that. Uh, another thing I want to touch on is, you know, we already mentioned it's your first year down in the SOCBL. Um, you've torched the pitching uh, in the at the plate and on the base paths, but what have you really thought about the level of competition here compared to what you've seen collegiately uh, in the Atlantic 10 and also just in your other summer ball experiences? I was very impressed with our pitching. Um, I think that our pitching could compete at any level. Um I was very impressed. I think that that's the. I think that's a, a, a huge factor as to why we're winning. Um, our pitching has been lights out, and uh, yeah, I mean, I haven't really seen much better pitching in the Northwoods or the CPL than we have. And then uh, what I faced there, there's been a handful of very good arms, and there's been some that have been pretty good. You know, so um, yeah, I mean, overall, I've been very impressed with the pitching, and and I've had to really be kind of on my A game and, and make sure I'm staying on my approach to be able to succeed because there's not really too many guys that I can just go up there and just hit. You know, I, I need to be able to be under my approach and, and do my thing. So I know you came down a little bit late and we talked about team chemistry a little bit before. Is there anyone specifically on the team that you're kind of like gelling with or that you're building a, a strong bond with? Yeah, actually, um, Romano, shortstop, um, he's going to Georgia Tech. And uh, me and him have gotten along really well. And Lou... Um, he's uh, kind of utilities from Chipola. Um, him and I, us three, uh, um, not together, but we've all talked um, separately and, and we've been kind of getting close and kind of learning from each other and kind of picking each other's brain about hitting and, and sports and life, whatever, you know. So, yeah, those two guys I've been pretty close with. And, I mean, there hasn't been really anyone else. I mean, how do I phrase this? Better? <clears throat> so you can cut this, thank God. <laughs> but, um <clears throat> You know, there's been pretty uh, a ton of guys that I've talked to. There hasn't really been one specific besides those two that I could say that I'm super close with. But everyone I've been pretty, pretty close with, I've talked to a bunch. You know, and uh, it's been fun getting to know a lot of these guys. You know, I've only been around them for a week, and and I feel like I know a lot of them pretty well. So yeah, I mean, whatever you guys are doing, it's definitely working. So definitely want to keep that up moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. 
Yeah, and you know, just going off that, we'll, we'll wrap this up in a little bit. I'll let you go. I know you have a game to head to in a little bit this afternoon. We're off tonight. Oh, so you don't have a game? We can keep you all we'll afternoon keep you here if you want to hang out. No, I guess the only other thing I really want to touch on is you know, summer baseball. It's such an interesting, interesting concept, right? There's nothing really quite like it in collegiate sports, other than in baseball. And you know, on the last episode of the podcast, we talked about both how it was such a short season; it's over the span of two months, but it's also a full slate of 44 games. So, you know, as a player, you come off a a season and, you know, a career with a university where you're playing for the name on your chest, you're playing for the name on your back, and it's you're representing a university. But when you're down here playing college base, college summer baseball, excuse me, it's not there's not really that purpose behind a team. Like the Palm Beach Extreme, sure, you want to you wanna win for the extreme, but it's not like, you know, if you blow something, you're like completely tarnishing a legacy. You know what I mean? So how do you kind of approach it as far as, you know, you're here to get better yourself, but – What's your approach to the the long season, and how do you try to grow personally from it? Yeah, I mean, so like I, like I touched on a little bit before. I mean, this is really my last go around, you know. So I'm not, I don't, I don't really care that there's so many games in a row or, or that we have one off day a week. I mean, I haven't really one more shot at this, so it doesn't really matter to me. You know, I, I want to win. I want to play as best as I can, and and I want to make the playoffs and and make and win the championship because. I mean, wherever I go, um, I always want to win. I mean, I don't care if I'm playing pickup basketball with my friends or whatever it is. I always want to win with, no matter what I'm doing. And, yeah, I mean, Palm Beach Extreme, I haven't really been a part of this team for longer than a week. But I still want to play for this team and play for Doug and play for Brian because no matter where I am, I always want to win. You know, and, and this is, like I said, my last-ditch effort at playing, you know, college baseball. This la- This is my last – uh, summer college baseball experience. Really, I'm not playing next summer. If I get signed, I'll play professional baseball. If not, I'll play independent baseball. So this is my last go around at this. So yeah. Well, I speak for all of us that we're really happy that you're down here and you're choosing to do that in the South Florida Collegiate League. And uh, unless there's anything else you have for for Jordan, I think we should be good. Now, Jordan, I appreciate you coming in. Best of luck to the extreme. They're heating up, and um, we look to see some other really good performances out of you uh, for the rest of the season. Appreciate it, yeah, and you'll see us in the playoffs. I'll tell you that. We'll be there. Yeah. All right, Jordan Shulafan from the Palm Beach Extreme, our player of the week for week number two. Thank you, Jordan, once again for joining us in the studio. It's really nice to be able to see people in person, get to talk to them, and he's a guy who he said it in the interview, but he is going to lay it all out on the line this season and wherever he ends up next, obviously in the transfer portal, uh, looking to give it one last shot in his pursuit of professional baseball, and that's a kid who is older in his career, and now our pitcher of the week. We have Nick Del Prado, who is a rising sophomore from FAU, already earning high honors in the SFCBL for the West Boca Snappers. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation with Mr. Del Prado. All right, it is our pleasure to be joined via telephone by our pitcher of the week for week number two from the West Boca Snappers by way of Florida Atlantic University, Nick Del Prado. Nick, thanks for taking the time to do this with us. Thank you guys for having me. Really appreciate you guys calling. Of course. So, you know, big week for the snappers. Some people are saying that the snappers are hot. Um, you know, five and two-thirds innings pitched, a lot of strikeouts, only three hits allowed. Uh, first question for you, you know, how are you feeling after one full week with the snappers, and how have you felt on the mountain so far this season? 
I'm feeling really good. I'm confident that we're going to make it really far in in the season in summer. Um, As far as pitching on the mound, I'm feeling great. You know, body's feeling good. Pitches are working. Nothing's really going bad right now. Just hope we keep going that way for the whole summer. Staying healthy is the most important part. Um, And, you know, staying a family and just with this team because this team's a family, you know. We have this thing where we say we're a gang because, you know, we have each other's back. And uh, we're looking to have keep it that way for the whole summer. Yeah, absolutely. And to be more specific, you had seven strikeouts with one walk, only three hits allowed. And I know Lexi will ask you a little bit more about this, but, you know, uh, I believe this is your first season with the Snappers, correct? Yeah. So how has that been, you know, team chemistry? I know you guys had like one or two preseason workouts, but – into the second week or the third week of the season now, um, how how has the chemistry built so quickly? How have you guys um, become so close in such a short amount of time? It's it's honestly we just like it just clicked. You know, coaches was like coaches always preach uh, like having each other's backs and you know playing for each other, and it just you know it's even like from the first day of practice we just like started clicking. Like we said hi to each other. You know, we introduced ourselves and. From like that day, you know, we made a group chat. We stayed in touch. You know, we've, we've been in contact for those, you know, first couple weeks. And, you know, it's, everything, you know, is just clicking right now. So, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, from what I can tell, I've been with the league for three years now. My first year was um, with the Snappers only. Culture is a huge part. Um, of that team and the chemistry that goes along with it. And I think that absolutely translates to the field. Um, I mean, do you think that – I know there's a lot of new guys this season, yourself being one of them. I mean, how has it been with the vets welcoming in the new guys? And is there any kind of disconnect from the, I guess, clubhouse, so to speak, to the field? Or are you guys kind of just gelling overall? Where can, can you repeat that? Because you kind of broke up a little bit. I didn't really hear you there. Sorry. Um, I was just asking, you know, did you guys, is there any kind of disconnect um, with you being new and, you know, there's a couple of returning vets in the team. Um, is there any kind of disconnect from the clubhouse to the field or are you guys just kind of gelling all over? Yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty connected all over. Um, we're, we're like, we became like boys real, real quick. Um, I would say like we, uh, the older guys welcomed me like really quickly, like, you know, like even like, in games, like they, they're like, "Yo, don't worry, just go out there and be you. You know, be yourself. No matter what happens, you know, we're, we'll be here to back you up. You know, things like that. You know." Yeah, that definitely. Really, um, yeah. Um. Ahead, so, and I think that no, you're fine. Um, it's a little screwy here with the way that we have everything set up, so it's totally fine. Um, but I mean, this is Coach Nino's first year taking control of the team. Um, he's at the helm. You know, in the past, it had been Coach Riley McAkron. But how do you feel that Nino has been this season so far? He's a great coach. He's really a a players' coach, and us as players really love that. You know, he's a people person. He wants to make sure you're doing good. You know, he's, he wants to make sure you got, like, the team's healthy before, like, you know, putting us out there. He really, he's the foundation of the team, in my opinion. Yeah, Nick, uh, how important is it? You keep referring to, um, you know, physical health and coach making sure you're ready to go on game day. How big is it, even though sometimes you not be, may not be feeling uh, 100%, but... It's it's rare to get your starts now uh, here in the summer league where everyone's getting opportunity. So where's that fine line between like 
you really want to play and just get it done. And sometimes you really should just take it, take a day off and uh, rest up that arm. You know, everyone's different. So I would say, uh, for me, I know when my, when my body's like reached its limit. So I, I don't like to push uh, my body past that limit. So for me, I, you know, I just, I show, I'll show up to games and if I'm feeling fine, you know, I'll throw. If I'm not feeling good, I'll let the coach know and I'll, I'll have him, you know, put me, uh, in a certain pitch count or, you know, he'll, uh, he'll like ask me after every inning, he'll be like, you feeling good? You know, he, he'll make sure I'm, I'm doing good. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm going out there like blindfolded and, you know, I'm going to get hurt because, you know, we don't want that to happen to anyone. So. Yeah, absolutely. And going off of that, I mean, it sounds like, um, that perspective might be a little bit more mature than others. Uh, you're one of the younger guys in the league. Well, I shouldn't say that. There are probably a lot of guys that are around your age in the league. But, you know, as someone who's relatively younger, um, that sounds, you know, the way you speak about taking care of your body and listening to your body is kind of beyond your years. Where do you think that comes from, um, just being able to take care of yourself so well and not push yourself just to, you know, be a hero? Honestly, I've been to, like, a lot of uh... – camps and trainers and I've been I've been blessed enough to to learn about like the body and what's like right and what's wrong and what not to do and what to do and how to recover properly after a you know start or a, an outing so I I know what's like right for my body but everyone's different um I have you know I have a lot of friends of mine that, you know, we go over this kind of stuff. A lot of guys in SAU, we talk about, like, recovery. Like, what do you do? What do I do? How does it help you? You know, we help each other out. And even still, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to this summer helping guys out. I, I spoke to, a, I believe he's a 2020. His name's Jake. And he's, he's on the team. He pitched the other day. I spoke to him, you know, like, what the recovery process I go through is, like, what I do, you know, to start, you know, to help him out, you know, to help him, like, understand what it is to be healthy, you know. Um, so I had a question about your school career. Um, I covered FAU for two years, um, obviously before your time, but I just had a question about, you know, how Coach Mack and Coach Cop. I feel like that program really feeds into making guys more mature on and off the field, um, and FAU just has a great program overall. What has your experience been like with Coach Cop and um, Coach Mack? Uh, they're both really good coaches. Um, Coach Mack preaches playing for the team and not playing like for yourself, you know, being uh, humble and doing the right thing always. He's always telling us, you know, make sure you're doing the right thing. Think, you know, think of what the consequences could be, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Coach Cop's a really good coach. He, he's always making sure we're feeling good, you know, before an outing or before even scrimmage. He'll, he'll ask us how we're feeling, you know, he's, He's on top of his uh, his thing, you know. He's a really good coach. He's really intelligent and really mature as well. Um, I really enjoyed my last year playing, even though I didn't play that much. You know, I learned a lot. I did. I learned a lot. So I'm grateful for the opportunity that I got. Yeah, uh, going off that, you know, you know, uh, hometown Miami, Florida. You went to Florida Christian for high school. You go to FAU now, and now you're playing in the SOCBL. What has it meant to you to, you know, stay close to home for the summer season? And do you think that kind of gives you a little bit of a home hometown advantage uh, compared to some of the other guys that aren't exactly used to playing down here? 
Um, not really. I, you know, when I when I'm playing ball, it's just you know locking in, staying like domed up and like pitching. You know, focusing on hitting that catcher's mitt, throwing it through the catcher. You know, staying locked in the whole time, not getting off track. But staying home was nice for this summer. I was going to go up to uh down to California this summer, but I I wanted to stay home. You know, work on myself for a bit this summer and get stronger. <clears throat> and it's just you know, FCBL was the right choice for sure. Yeah, Nick, we're talking about um, staying local and a couple of these local guys you playing at FAU, and I'm sure you know we have a we have a ton of guys from FAU in the league. Is it weird, you know, um, seeing some of your teammates coming into the park and trying to get ready while you're trying to do your thing? And let's be real here, uh, lock them down, get some strikeouts, and get out of the inning with no runs, right? Definitely, definitely. Actually, um, I forgot what team it was, but um, one of one of my friends, his name is Shane McGrand, he was on uh, this team I pitched against on my second outing. I believe I threw two and two-thirds. And, uh, you know, I, I we were like, when I finished pitching, I didn't notice he was on the team, so, like, I started pitching. But when I finished pitching, he was playing third base, and I was talking to him, you know, during the game. And I, uh, I introduced myself to this incoming freshman. His name is Jack. He's uh, an outfielder. And, you know, we, we chit-chat a little bit, got to know each other a little bit, you know. It's nice having them, you know, in the same uh, league. You know, the competitiveness is always there. Even in even in season when we have scrimmages, scrimmages were really, really, really competitive in FAU. So, you know, it makes me feel comfortable. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, a lot of FAU guys, a lot of Lynn guys, a lot of Palm Beach State guys, you know, it's good to see the competition um, staying local and, you know, seeing some familiar faces. Uh, as far as you and your collegiate career, um, on the FAU website, you had, you know, or excuse me, this is your high school in 2020. You had a 2.1 ERA through four games in 13 innings uh, of work. But, you know, looking forward to next year, you know, obviously you're facing a lot of high-level collegiate competition in the summer. What are some things you're looking to work on this summer in your future outings? And what are you looking forward to uh, in your next season of collegiate baseball? Um, first things first, the most important thing is getting stronger. You know, getting in the weight room every day, every day of the week, you know, getting stronger and making myself better. Um, for this year, well, for next year, I want to really focus on just, you know, getting guys out because I felt like uh, – this past year, I was just, you know, like, new to it. I felt like I was young. You know, I didn't know, like, I was trying to do too much. I feel like in the coming year, I'm going to just relax and be myself and focus on getting out and helping the team, you know, eventually go to Omaha. That's the end goal. Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of teams, you know, obviously we saw USF do it, or they got close this year. Uh, they got eliminated yep. last night. But I'm sure that's definitely something that you guys can look up to as a, a program that, you know, would like to break down some barriers and get to the get to Omaha eventually. Uh, following up on what you said about the weight room, you know, there's there's always been that debate, especially in baseball and in other sports too. It's like, you know, where do you draw the line on weight training and lifting? And you know, you don't want to injure yourself, but at the same time, you do want to get stronger, especially as a pitcher. Um, for you, you're a bigger guy by nature, bigger frame. What do you? What's your philosophy when you're, you know, in the weight room, and how do you make sure you're taking care of your arm and your body, uh, you know, to take care of what's really important, which is uh, your performances on the mound. 
Well, I want to make sure I'm doing the right exercises, so I always go over like uh, what I'm doing. So if I'm doing like a deadlift or you know back squat, I want to make sure I'm not doing too much weight. I don't like to overdo the weight, but I do want to get stronger. So you know you have to put on like if, if I want to get uh, if I want to go up in weight, I don't go up 50 pounds. You know I go up like 10 to 15 pounds and go up little by little. You know and not try to do too much because it's not you know you'll get you get hurt. So um, it's just you know being smart with what you're lifting and you know doing the right thing. Making sure, you know, if you feel something that's off, you don't keep going and try being, you know, trying to put it through. You got to stop and, you know, look at what, you know, what the problem is. So it's just making sure you're doing the right thing and staying healthy. So I think before we wrap it up here, I just have one more question for you. Um, what are you looking to accomplish this summer? And, you know, what are you hoping to bring back to FAU with you this upcoming season? Um. One of the things I'm, I'm working on is uh, is like getting my pitches down. I want to get my secondary pitches down because I have a, a pretty decent fastball. So I want to get down my secondary pitches. So I have a slider and a change up on my main focus for the summer. And I've been throwing them quite a lot. I want to get a, a slider to be firmer and the change up. I want to use it as, you know, a, another weapon as like a strikeout pitch or, you know, something I can get ahead and count with. So definitely work on those pitches and work on getting out and being successful. Really, that's the, the main focus. Well, Nick, you've already gotten off to a pretty good start in the SFCBL season, and we're really excited to see what you can do for the remainder of the seasons for the West Boga Snappers. Looking for that for Pete, uh, it would be your first, but I'm sure um, it's been ingrained in you that that is the end-all, be-all goal. And uh, like I said, we're excited to see what you can do. So really appreciate you taking the time with us here and congratulations on earning Pitcher of the Week honors for week number two. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Nick, for joining us via telephone from the 305. He is on his way to a doubleheader this afternoon for the West Boca Snappers. And guys, two weeks of baseball, really 10 days, but on the league calendar, it's been two weeks. We're heading into week three. Guys are starting to build chemistry. Guys are starting to really come into their own, get used to the pitching, get used to the playing surfaces. Jack, I'll go to you. What's something you're looking forward to in week three where we have a full slate of games? One thing I'm certainly looking forward to, like you said, we've been talking about pitching all day, and um, certainly with Nick establishing the line, it's it's a precedent in this league that's uh, that's highly looked forward to, and I think that... Pitchers carry a little edge in the South Florida Collegiate League, pumping a little cheddar. We saw a couple of the night games. Uh, these kids are going up two, even three miles an hour on their high fastball, which is I- extremely rare for these guys. And I think that we're going to start seeing these kids trying to prove themselves and try and earn these player, player and pitcher of the week awards. Definitely. I mean, you said it best. These guys are <laughs> pumping ched. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like I said before, pitching is going to be the thing to watch in this league. It always is. Yeah, and we have a lot of good pitchers, especially on tonight's slate. Um, a few doubleheaders across the league. This is Monday, June 14th at the time we we're recording this. Um, for the snappers in game one, it's Garrett DeClue, someone who we saw in our game of the week on Friday night. So coming in on only two days rest, getting the start for the snappers and then in the Lightning Buccaneers game where we'll be Nathan Rents out of the University of Arkansas on the hill getting the start for the Delray Beach Lightning. 
as they look to take down a Boynton Beach Buccaneers team off of a, eh, well, I would say a, a full doubleheader yesterday, but it was really the equivalent of nine games. Yeah. So uh, Nathan Rent, someone who had a really good appearance in his first outing at Little Fenway, will be back at it again against Jack's Knights, or excuse me, Jack's Lightning. So it's my, no, Jack's Buccaneers, yes. my Lightning. Yes. <laughs> yeah, you're going down, Brian. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have some real beef on social media tonight, and I'm looking forward to that. I'll I tell you it. what, though. One thing I'm definitely looking forward to is um, two guys pitching tonight, or probable pitchers for tonight, Justin Lavelle of the Buccaneers, and then Jack Webb of the Clippers. Two guys that are 0-1 on the year, but didn't pitch necessarily bad in their opening start. So I'm interested to see these guys get up the schneid and uh, get, get a good start under their belt. For sure, and the Bucks pitching staff is someone who has a lot of potential in this league. They maybe just haven't you know, come into their own yet, but they're they're starting to, to get used to that playing surface. I talk a lot about the playing surface. Um, you know, they're just starting to get used to it, get used to their teammates, get used to their surroundings, and I think the Bucks are a team to to watch out for. They might not be the front runners, but they are sneaky contenders in the league this year. They definitely are. And I mean it's looking a little shaky right now, but they're a very young team. I mean Jack was saying earlier that most of these kids are freshly you know, 18 years old coming into this league with not a lot of college baseball experience yet. So, I mean, it's all a learning curve. We could see these guys really start to heat up once they kind of get a feel for what the competition is like in this league. Hey, shout out Jelani, shout out J- say hey Jack. You know you're the real ones. <laughs> Both of them very young, and it's it's kind of crazy. You know, me, I'm only 20 years old coming into this league thinking, you know, I'll be pretty young compared to the guys in the league, but we have some 18-year-olds in the league. We have some guys that haven't even started college yet. It's pretty pretty crazy stuff. Well, yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, my boy Trace Ajak, if you guys don't know, he's a six seven two twenty. And when I asked him about his age, and he told me eighteen, it uh, had me a little shaking in my boots. So I'm gonna be honest. I might need to get a birth certificate on him just to make sure we are <laughs> a piece of paper that says I, I am, am twelve. 12. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All the real baseball fans know. So yeah, like we said, full slate of games tonight. Um, rain. It just rained. So I don't know what the state of those games are. We already had one rain out. It was the front end of the doubleheader between the Boca Raton Blazers and the Florida Pokers. Yeah, uh, and I I have some intel that apparently Harry Gribben, that field holds holds a lot of water. So between yesterday's rain out and today's storm, I mean, fingers crossed that it everything dries up and is good looks for the game. But uh, it's all up in the air right now. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, the fans would love to see the Delray Beach Lightning, but I think we might see a little bit of real lightning today, and I don't think that's going to be good for the playing field. And, you know, you got to keep these players safe. <laughs> Absolutely, Jack. And, you know, we were surprised. We got a, a little trick text in our group yesterday, you know, tarp pull in 10 minutes, but there's just not a tarp at Park Vista. Just, I would have been, been hands in, all in for the league, you know. Jack did, re- the best he did respond. He said, I'm ready to go whenever. So we love to see that enthusiasm. Absolutely. We love to see that enthusiasm. So as far as us, as we start to wrap up this podcast, which is for me, historically, it takes very long to wrap things up. Um, tomorrow night we'll be live. Uh, all things. That's the plan right now is to be live from Palm Beach Atlantic for the West Boca Snappers versus the Phipps Park Barracudas. That will be live on our Twitter page as of right now. Um, really looking forward to that one. Two teams that are starting to heat up in their own right. Um, I'm excited. I think Lexi will be joining me. I think Jack might be elsewhere, perhaps. Gathering content. You'll see it soon. Jack's a huge content guy. He's been using Brian's camera since, like, day one. I, it's He just lives and dies 
for the content. Yeah, I'll say, Jack, you know, I'll go on the record and say that it's been, you've been a very fast learner. You, you've, Jack is, is blushing right He's now. He's blushing. Get, get me a tissue, guys. This, this is getting extreme in here. No Palm Beach. <laughs> the nine and two Palm Beach extreme. God, I hate you guys. Basically eight and two, but eight and hey, a half and two. It's still a win. You're right. But no, in all honesty, we're, we'll have a lot more content coming out. Oh. Yes. The media day stuff has just is going to start trickling out of uh, social media. Yes, yes, we are finally done editing. I yes. Well, I, I wasn't going to shade you because it did no, take. You can shade me. You yeah, can sh- it please. took it took a little a little while. But other things on my plate. You know, it's perfection, so I can't rush perfection. So I understand that. But those have been the links have been sent out. The guys now have access to all of their headshots, their professional headshots, and their not so professional candid pictures. Um, so I mean, you guys will start seeing that roll out. We're using our headshots for our new player and pitcher of the week graphic. So this is a uh, we're big leagues right now with that with that content. Yeah, it's been great. And I, you know, we were kind of shading the fact that we had to shoot in a hotel room, but um, what? It looked great. No, it did look great. And I saw a tweet today this morning while I was, you know, still rising. Yes. <laughs> this morning that uh, the Cincinnati Bengals, I believe, are doing their team photo shoot in the showers of their locker room. So, you know, sometimes the photographers just got to make do with what you got. Absolutely. You know, I mean, that is just the mark of a true professional is the ability to adapt to any environment that you are put in. Yeah, I mean, and it's better. Uh, I like that we got to know these guys a little bit before entering the year. Just, you know, just a little bit uh, naked, as they say. But like seeing seeing Jack, guys like I don't know what kind of photo <laughs> shoot you were at, but I don't think we we're at the same one. <laughs> no, nah, but but meeting but meeting guys uh, like on my on my bucks you know shout out big chain you know there's a lot of good personalities in here uh and it, it's good to see these guys show themselves and <laughs> jesus oh my god cut it Jack. cut it oh my uh no i get what you're trying to say though it is nice to kind of break down those barriers and get to know the guys on a more personal level heading like, into the season like build a rapport with say? them Jack, how, it's okay. how are you supposed to say it without it sounding messed up get your mind out of the gutter viewers come on Wow. And on that note, (laughs) that'll do it for episode three of the Triple Play podcast. On behalf of everyone at the SFCBL, we'll see you guys, well, tomorrow night when you tune into the broadcast and Friday night for our game of the week. Hold on, I'll tell you who that's against. Just a reminder while he pulls that up, at SFCBL underscore official on Twitter and on Instagram. All your outlets, follow us there. Friday night, as of right now, game of the week. Blazers Lightning at Little Fenway, barring any changes. Indeed. That'll be it. And another good game. My teams will try to rip my heart apart, you know, but either way, I come out with a win, which is huge. That's true. Can't lose. Cannot. I literally cannot lose. Literally cannot lose. All right. That's it. Lexi (laughs) Castrillion, Jack Mazagy, Commissioner Vince Farfalia, Brian Marmelstein signing off. We'll see you on Monday for week Four, no, week Two, three. Three, Jesus. <laughs> week three. The end of week three, the beginning of week four. Yes. All right. We'll see you then. We'll That's see you then. <laughs>